Welcome to the Native Citizens Podcast, a ministry of Storehouse Community Church in McAllen, Texas. Every Monday, we gather to address the questions and issues aimed at everyday life and ministry in the context of the Rio Grande Valley. All right, well, good morning. I hope you guys are doing well this morning. Uh, my name is Marco, and I am gathered here by LC and Eric. Welcome to the Native Citizens Podcast. How are y'all doing? Hey, friends. Hey. <laughs> doing good. Getting refills on coffee this morning. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Hey, it's a lot cooler outside. Is it? I mean, it, it is. Yeah, but it's yes, still humid. And I, I'm, it's not as humid. <clears throat> yeah, I'm kind of pessimistic. It's like, this isn't going to last long. I thought. mean, I agree. But I'm talking but about today. But it is today. not 104 <laughs> yeah. on the weather channel. You know, yeah, like that's true. Let's rejoice. <laughs> Let's rejoice with that. I'm rejoicing that it is below 90 yeah. <laughs> projected as yeah, a high today. Because two weeks ago is when that heat wave came. Mm-hmm. And Rebecca was like, I hate the heat wave. I was like, yeah, that's like the Valley's way of saying, let's see who's going to last. Like, Because <laughs> yes. it happens Dude. every summer. Where mm-hmm. it's this intense heat wave and it gets up to like 114, 116 sometimes. My AC was like the condensation on that thing. There's like the drip pan underneath yeah. that like overflowed. <laughs> it was so hot. <laughs> it was super oh, hot, dude. It was so bad. However, I will say this. I think this past summer... W- was not as bad as summers that we've had before, particularly in the evenings. Hmm. Hmm. So, hmm. like, I like I like the occasional cigar, and um, I can't remember a summer where I smoked a cigar outside in the evening, like in July or in June. That's kind of true. Last year. Last year felt wicked hot. Oh, like, yeah. That's what I'm I saying. Think was, I think our house sat for y'all. Yes. I was like, Zoe, their dog. <laughs> like, Zoe's Zoe. like laying I'm on the even... tile trying to like <laughs> yes. touch as much tile as she can. And I'm just like inside. Heat. I'm like, Zoe, I'm not even outside and I can't even yeah. Yeah. just oh, be. I don't remember so things like achy. that. Yeah, dude. And so here's my theory. And I don't know if I, I will preface with this. Like, I don't know if there's any like scientific evidence to support my theory Mm -hmm. but given the whole season that is covid you know how um they were they were big on like uh they were big i mean this actually happened uh the the shelter at home stuff yeah yeah and so people weren't on the street as much Mm -hmm. and so i think um because carbon emissions yeah like emissions and city pollution like it wasn't affecting i suppose the natural weather yeah like it got to do what it's supposed to do yeah that's not to say that the valley isn't supposed to be hot the valley is going to be hot but it wasn't as bad because there just wasn't as many people out on the road yeah that kind of makes sense and like you would hear reports yeah yeah. you would hear reports about like what is it in animals returning italy Italy. like you can now see through the river Mm because because there was like (laughs) clarity there wasn't so much yeah you know water pollution and and um waste and so was it la or like somewhere in china like you could see the mountains mountains, you could see yeah the mountains yeah like the smog got lifted yeah yeah that was in in california because of all the emissions you could 
you could not always see the mountains unless you were right there. Mm-hmm. And then after this season of shelter at home, like those emissions cleared up and you could actually see the mountains. That's really cool. And so I don't think I say that in the sense of like, I don't think there's anything special going on. I think it's weather actually doing what it's intended to do. Right. We're just not ruining it. Yeah. We're just much. Not, oh yeah. yeah. I think I read like some environmentalists were like, we need to like install or like plan out when we're going to have projected times to yeah. not drive. Like, the whole world like they're like yeah. going so far I read as that. something oh, wow. like that where they were like at least two weeks a year issue not a shelter at home but just kind of this like like you're fasting from driving and from being out so yeah. that mm-hmm. whatever man so we don't ruin the world yeah. that so we're that the world to take care of can do its thing and <laughs> yeah weather can actually because again like it was hot this summer i'm not that's but that's because we live in texas right yeah that's number one number, number two like the evenings were not as horrible as they have been before. Is that like motivation to like actually do those things? Like if they were to like put those things in place, it's like, hey, I see the benefit from it. Let me not drive my. I truck mean, I think there's benefit whether they people do it or not. Or right. Something else. I don't. I don't know. I mean, there were some things that came out of that. Like one, yeah, yeah like city pollution emissions were lessened. And people were going outside. At the very least, in the valley, that's a big deal. People going outside and walking and not mm-hmm. going to Waterburger. Like, that's a yeah, big dude. deal. <laughs> that's a good thing. They could be going to Waterburger, but they're walking. They're walking there. At least they're walking there. <laughs> they're walking to Waterburger. So, anyway. That was, that's my theory. Again, I don't know that it harbors any scientific evidence. I mean, it's probably somewhere in there. But, I mean... Like, we're, we're not even through September, and it's cooler. Yeah, there's, like, heat maps and stuff like that it was like people can look at, right? It was, like, 60 degrees the other day. Mm-hmm. I don't ever remember it being 60 degrees in September. And we've had a lot more rain, too. Yes. Is that why I'm pessimistic? Because it feels, like, so different? Yeah. Maybe. I, yeah. Well, I don't know if that's why you're pessimistic, but it does, <laughs> I, like, I, it is different. Yeah. Like, it's been cooler. It's it's like you normally we normally don't get this kind of weather till the end of October, mm-hmm. early November. Like, like sometimes, we, like you can't even wear your Halloween costume because it's so hot. Exactly. And but it's like nine p.m. The sun's down exactly. and you're still sweating. <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, it'll be like ten p.m. Like I remember when I would coach at a couple of CrossFit gyms and I'd do the morning classes, the the five the four a.m. classes. Mm-hmm. Man, you'd walk outside and you just walk into this like thickness of humidity and it's four oh, yeah, in the yeah. morning and it's not even fresh oh, it's four man. in the morning and yes. it's already like 90 degrees no thanks like, i don't have to work out yeah. i just walked outside <laughs> See, i don't need to shower i just <laughs> yeah exactly I just, I just stepped into it and so <laughs> anyway um so this morning uh we're going to be talking about revival uh which is something that is not controversial but something in my opinion has a little bit of humor, uh, particularly in in the valley. And a while ago, we were talking about the difference between what we're going to talk about, which is revival and revivalism. And Elsie, you were talking about some of your experiences with that. So we'll we'll get to that. Um, here here's what we want to talk about. There is a major difference uh, between what revival is and what revival isn't and one of the first things that i think we just need to put on the table and people are going to be like what is that revival 
A revival is not a tent. <laughs> right. <Whoa. laughs> shots so, fired. Yeah, shots fired because so Elsie, why don't you talk briefly like share one of your experiences cuz those are those are some of the notes that we're looking at, right? Revival is not a tent and you were just like, man, it just takes me back to growing up in the church. Yeah, I agree. What did you experience revival to be? I experienced it experienced it as a campaña. So growing up in a it was a small independent Baptist church and it was semi-bilingual, but it was mostly in Spanish. And one, at least once a year, we'd have a campaña or like the big tent would be out for a whole week. To and it was at the juniors. It was next to juniors in Alton. Yes, that's where the tent would be set up. And it, it was we'd be out there a whole week, and we'd have pastors come out every evening. We'd have the band, the worship team, or whoever was playing songs, different specials, especiales to sing. <laughs> um, and the word of the Lord was preached and people got saved and like people came to the altar call and they received Jesus yes. every single one of them, every single night, the same people sometimes too. They just kept coming up every time. They <laughs> received. Make sure. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it, that was my first experiences with re, a revival. It yeah. was called the campaña and that was, um, it was, I guess, portrayed. I perceived it as, man, that's that's what we have to do, and that's part of yeah. our upbringing, uh, part of the church. And if we don't have that, why are we a church? You know, sometimes even what to that extent. What are we even doing here? <laughs> and then seeing also like later in life, like I remember also times in going to Mexico on mission trips, we'd see other other churches, not the church particular that we would do. We just go out in the streets and yeah, you know yeah. be with people, and we might have done something like that, but not in the tent. We're not as big or flashy, um, but in other other denominations, either non-denominational, Pentecostal, whatever, they, it was just on a more extreme level. Sure, sure. And so with snakes and everything. I mean, I didn't see the snakes, but oh. you know, it got into like speaking in tongues, and if you didn't have the flags, or you didn't have, you know, all the like crazy elements. Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting to I portray think it. The first time I heard about revival was i don't know if you remember him he used to hang out with us many 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 years ago his name was moses probably uh, yeah flores uh yes i think no no this is another guy okay and anyway he had a super he was a heavy set yeah, guy yeah yeah i remember super moses small now. church independent church out in like the boonies of alton right like way out there and so if you're familiar with alton it's like beyond la mia del taco like five mile lane yeah yeah okay. man yeah it's like uh what is it northwest of five mile anyway oh, wow. oh yeah and uh and i remember he would invite me and like surge to go help him set up this big old tent and we'd be like what is this for and he goes we're having a revival <laughs> i was like what does that mean and uh and he says well that's what the tent's for I'm like what does the tent do and he says it's where we have the revival <laughs> and i was like the revival of what like this is, I'm like right. six months into being a Christian, and I was like, a revival of what? <laughs> it was like people are gonna get saved. And I was like, so what do you need the tent for? <laughs> and and the reason I would ask him this <laughs> is because <laughs> we would set up this tent three blocks from his church building. Like yeah. I didn't, <laughs> like you have AC. Like you have AC. <laughs> <laughs> 
why would you do this? <laughs> but we would go, and it was it was a it was yeah. a it was a unique experience. Yeah. Just because I you know never heard of that, never been a part of anything like that, and so yeah, that was the whole thing with with revival. Now. To to kind of to kind of bring it back, we're we're actually gonna go. We're gonna we're gonna take a trip down the pages of history. And back in the 1800s, um, or yeah, technically the 18th century, there was this there's period of of history known as the Great Awakening. Mm-hmm. And in the Great Awakening, we saw a great number of people come to know Jesus. They were uh, introduced to Jesus and then people submitted and surrendered their life to the Lordship of Jesus. And the great awakening is also known as this, this time period of, uh, a t- it's also known as a time where, where revival took place. And so in, in our, in our time this morning, we want to say a couple of things, right? Number one, revival is, is not a tent, right? Um, Revival. Here's how we would define revival. Uh, we would define revival as um, a work of God through the Spirit of God in the people of God, primarily through the preaching of God's Word. And so when we look back at history and we are seeing a revival of people not only being introduced to Jesus, but coming to know Him or individuals who were even experiencing what we would call spiritual dryness and see this like this revival in their lives where the spirit was at work in them. We see them repent of sin. We see them um, just kind of move forward in transformation. At the end of the day, what we're seeing is revival is is boiled down to, hey, God is showing up. The spirit Mm -hmm. of God is showing up. He is doing a work in the people of God and the primary agent is the preaching of God's word. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, so when we look at revival, even when we look at, for instance, acts, I think one out of every five, um, sorry, I was thinking of a different statistic. Anyway, when we look at acts throughout the book of acts, we are seeing sermons preached and people saved in large groups. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that would be an example of, Revival, right? And Acts 2, when Peter gets up and preaches a sermon and they interrupt him mid-sermon, right? And they say, brothers, what must we do? And he says, you need to repent. And they were they, they repented of their sin, came to know Jesus, and they were baptized. Within the context of Peter's sermon, homeboy is quoting Amos. Um, he's quoting other Old Testament prophets. Like he is preaching mm-hmm. God's word to people who don't know him. Mm-hmm. And they are then introduced to him and are baptized. And so um, when we look at revival, it is uh, revival is a work of God through the spirit of God for the people of God. Right. And the primary means is done through the preaching of God's word. There's this other thing um, or there's this contrast to revival that was kind of birthed in the 18th century by a man named Charles Finney and it's called revivalism. Now, whether he would articulate it or define it as this is one thing, but revivalism was where he or individuals like Charles Finney would kind of do what we're used to in the sense of like, 
set up this tent, set up this remote location, invite all of the people to show up. And what he would do is use um, elements that were geared toward or aimed at pulling the emotion of people uh, so that they would respond. I think he, it was one of two things I remember reading uh, on Charles Finney. <laughs> he would either have the first row empty. I think, yeah, he had the first row of this, what he would call a revival. He would have the first row empty. And I think he would call it like the, the guilty pew. So that when you were, when you were, when you felt guilty about your sin and he would aim it at specific people, he would guilt you into coming forward and into you coming forward. There's that emotional response. And he would kind of like go deep within your emotions, but never actually (laughs) use the word of God. Uh, But we saw uh, it were they saw in, in that time, like a great deal of success. Like, people would go to this big old tent and he would do his thing and he would use these elements to draw emotion out of people so that they would then respond and say that they had an encounter with God when the word of God was either misused or absent. So he's like, he made you feel all the things. Yes. Yeah. It was was aimed at drawing emotion out of you. Yeah. Yeah. You were going to leave and not feel guilty or not yes. feel bad or not feel <laughs> oh my gosh yeah and so that's that was the difference like yeah like in in revival right we're seeing um preachers preach the word of god this is who god is mm-hmm. this is what he has done this is sin and you're a sinner you can come to know jesus Right. Right. Whereas in revivalism, there were these elements used to draw emotion out of Mm -hmm. you and they weren't exactly biblically centered or accurate. Right. Right. I even see like the perversion of like worship music. Yeah. In that, that revivalism, I need the drums to build. So, so particularly in the bridge and like. Music is going to do that. It's it's going to stir the emotions. It's just naturally what sure. it does. Mm-hmm. But like manipulating music to for the intention of of stirring without the word of God. Yeah. is is really dangerous and kind of like something I've been really I guess hyper focused on. Yeah. in 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 the worship just like partic- being particular about the songs. Yeah. It's like there's millions of songs out there from artists not Bethel or not Hillsong that write really biblically sound music it just doesn't sound as good right. as that so it's like why does it sound so different like what's the it's like is it the skill or is it that the word of god is sufficient right oh that's good yeah, and and indeed. really reckoning with that and it's like oh but some of these songs i just i just love so much it's like well why do you love them so much yeah and really yeah. going into that and asking those questions for myself particularly and then like this is where we're leading the people mm-hmm. and being really, I guess not fighting against revivalism, but like bringing it to light. It's yeah. like, Hey, I want to do it in a tasteful way. Like, Hey, like we're still singing some Bethel or Hillsong songs, but those have like biblical solid truths to them. Like we're not going to sing every single one of their songs, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. doing it in a tasteful manner, like drawing that distinction and helping yeah. people discern 
like, hey, like I'm giving you the tools to discern. Like Holy Spirit's going to use you so you can be aware of what you're listening to, right. what you're what you're paying attention to, so you don't be duped into thinking you're having this encounter with God. Right. Right. Yeah. And so, so I want to talk more on that. And so, yeah. So just to be clear, there there are those differences between revival and and revivalism. We might not necessarily use that language today, mm-hmm. but there is that distinct difference. One right. is a movement that is caused by the spirit of God and the people of God through the preaching of God's word. Another one is aimed at using external elements to draw emotion out of people, whether it's to purposely make them feel guilty or make them purposely come forward Mm -hmm. um, in a manner that they think is pleasing, but is actually void of conviction. Yeah. Big time. And so here's one of the questions that we have. So why does the church need revival today and and should we pray for that should we pray for revival in in our in our church today not just storehouse but the church abroad big c church the big c church no yeah we we do need that work of god um i think because we we can so easily make the work about ourselves Mm -hmm. and have it masked or portrayed as oh yeah this is of god but i'm gonna do it this way or i'm gonna i'm gonna be the one to save the people (laughs) um it's gonna be through my words and so that that skewed um twisted way of thinking um through pages of history too like it's it's gone on for so long and and it i think the the conviction in our hearts to repent of that it's only by the holy spirit and through hearing the word of god like for Mm -hmm. what it is like just hearing hearing it reading it for what it really is yeah i know we're not gonna like it in those moments right we're not gonna like the the truth or what it is yeah a lot of the times but yeah no i think oh go ahead no yeah that's a really particular thing uh, like recognizing mm-hmm. that need to control. It's like, hey, I, at at some point you're trying to become God, and like you don't even realize that at at certain parts. But like the Word of God is able to recognize things we don't even recognize within ourselves. Yeah, mm-hmm. like that's where the Spirit of God, that's where the Word of God, like does His work. Which is why I think we do need to pray for revival. Mm-hmm. Like we need to pray for revival, particularly in the particularly in reclaiming God's word. Yeah. Like that is what needs to be central. For instance, to the Sunday gathering, Mm -hmm. that is what needs to be central in the time of, of preaching and even in singing, right? It It is the word of God that is, that is governing what we do and why we do it and how we are shaped by it. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think, I think we do need to pray for a revival, not, not because I want to draw emotion out of you. Right. But because I think, I think like Paul tells the Corinthians in seven, uh, second Corinthians, I think it's seven. He tells, he tells him, um, I don't like that you were grieved, but I'm happy that you were grieved because it led you to repentance. Mm-hmm. And so I think, um, that's what, that's, part of the need for revival, part of the need for revival is that so that through the word of God, we would be grieved. 
mm-hmm. by our sin and it would lead us to repentance. Like revival ought to lead to a repentance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's to the individual who doesn't know Jesus or to the individual who's experiencing even spiritual, what you would call it, spiritual dryness. It's like, man, I want repentance to take place because that's kind of the catalyst yeah. for everything else. I, I, I think backwards about it, which is probably not good. It's like revival. I mean, repentance brings about the revival. Mm-hmm. It's almost like circular, I guess. I don't know. Right. I'm, no, I'm no, being no, like yeah, probably yeah, too, yeah. too yeah. methodical about it. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah. I think that's good. Like th- there should always be repentance. Yes. Is, is the thing also. It's like. Well, that, yeah. I think, I think part of the revival is, part of the purpose behind revival is because repentance is lacking. Mm-hmm. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, dude. Oh, yes. You know, That's, that that was like Jesus. One, one of my favorite words, like repent for the kingdom of God is come near. Yeah. Is that end? Yeah. Repent. repent. Yeah. Repent. Yeah. I mean, I mean, when you look at, for instance, when you look at the Old Testament prophets, like that's what they were preaching. Saying? They were yeah. preaching, hey, repent. Repent, turn back repent, to God. Repent. Turn right. Yeah. You know, and then we enter into the gospels and we start with John the Baptist and he's like, repent, 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 yeah. repent. Right. And then we see Jesus come in and says, repent. The yeah. kingdom of God is at hand. We hear the apostle Paul, hey, it is the kindness of God's heart that leads you to repentance. Mm-hmm. Right? So there is this like ongoing central message of repentance for the sinner in light of who God is and what God's done. And so I think until churches reclaim the word of God, yeah, we should pray revival and part of the reason we are praying for a revival is because repentance is lacking in our yeah. church. I, so I, I want to think of that some more like repentance towards God is lacking. Sometimes it's mm-hmm. repentance. It's like, oh, I'm doing the wrong thing. Sure. But you're not really turning to God sure. to, to, um, for correction or reproof yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But like you're turning towards like a different avenue of yourself to try and fix the problem. It's like, well, yeah, you're repenting, but not repenting towards God. You're repenting to yourself. Right. And I think that's, that's like another distinction. It's like repent properly. (laughs) Right. Like repent, repent to the God that you see in the scriptures, not to the God that you made for yourself. Yeah. And I think I've, I've, yeah, I think I'm guilty of doing that. Like repenting of what I think God is. Because I think sometimes repentance is communicated in, Hey, just change what you're doing. Yeah, stop doing like behavior modification. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. Like repentance is preached as behavior modification rather than a turning to God mm-hmm. first, right? And I, I mean, yeah. David preaches about this in Psalm 51, right? Like, mm-hmm. restore me to the joy of your salvation. And then uh, I think it's before Psalm 51:10 where he says, "Please don't remove your Holy Spirit from me." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And then do not and cast then, me away from your presence. Yeah. yeah. And then in verses 16 and 17, he says, for you will not delight in sacrifice and burnt offering. Mm-hmm. What you delight in is a broken is, and contrite heart. Right yeah. A broken and contrite heart. Mm-hmm. So know? I want to talk about behavior modification a little bit. Okay. Just because I like behavioral sciences or whatever. One of the things that I'm, I guess, learning is that there are behaviors of thoughts. And then there's like that word behaviors, like the overt sure. and covert behaviors. And I want to think of behaviors just because of like the things I've learned. I, I want to reconcile that with scripture. Like there's the behavior of the heart. Yeah. It's like the behavior of modification. It's like even the heart needs to be corrected and modified. 
but like who the modifier is is really important like behavior modification isn't a bad thing per se right but like when god is doing the one the god is the one doing the modifying is like the extreme important part yeah and i i think of i have to think of it that way just to be more um more specific about my sins and, and where particularly god is like working it's like he's modifying my heart so that my overt behaviors, the behaviors you see are changed. So like yeah. it always starts with the heart and God changing that. Um, I think that's a key that word. Behavior, though. Yeah. Like you, so I don't like the word modify. Yeah. Because when I, I think, when I think about modify, like I can modify, uh, like modify means to, to tend, tends to mean improving upon. Yeah. And yeah, when you look that. at, what is it, Ezekiel 26? It's like right, a where, renewal. Where he says, hey, I will take your heart of stone and, and re- give you yeah. a heart of flesh. Mm-hmm. That's transformation. That's a transplant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think I have more of a theological question. It's like, he's given me the new heart. Yeah. And does it go back to stone? Right. Or is it that same flesh heart that just needs, like, improving upon at this point? Like... I'm saved. I've been given or the new generation. Yeah. Dude, th- these are like really particular. Like, I think we're yeah. just mincing words at this like, point. Right. Yeah. yeah. But um, it's like, but it's, it's helpful so, to know like the, the words of like modification and improving mm-hmm. upon. They're so they are pale in comparison to like what God. Yeah. What God intended it to be doing mm-hmm. and what he does. He yeah. regenerates. He right. makes new. Cause yeah. he's not just he, making you a better version of yourself. Mm-mm. He's making he's not just you improving new. you. Yeah. Like this is how you can better be like Jesus. Oh, that's we've good. used that, that phrase, right? This is how you can uh, be holy. Like I mm-hmm. am holy. Less like you. He's yeah, making less, less like me, yeah. more like him. Yeah. 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 Who yeah. says it? John, right? Uh, he must increase. I must decrease. Yeah. Yeah, like John. That. Yeah. And it, it, it totally like, yeah blows your mind because it, mind it's bottling. it's higher than what yeah. we can perceive because yeah. all we can perceive mm-hmm. is modification yeah. Improvement yeah, yeah and oh that's good it's kind of like what he tells habakkuk where habakkuk's like just tell me what you're doing he's like if i told you what i'm doing you would not believe it <laughs> yeah right you know yeah and like even the things we're told we're like i don't believe that <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> no. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like i buck up against it it's just yeah. like yeah but that don't make yeah. sense <laughs> yeah yeah but god i don't get it it's yeah like, yeah i told you yeah I had a question on the emotions. Like, yeah. would it, oh man, and I lost it. No, come back. Come okay. Back. If people are so concerned about like the emotional part of like revival, like I don't feel or, like in, a, in like worship songs or whatever it mm-hmm. might be. Mm-hmm. Like if, if they turn to the, the word of God yeah. and see other sinners, just like ourselves, yeah. same in the same need of God, the same God. Like they went through all the things. They went through emotion. They didn't need a revival to feel mm-hmm. the emotions. Like you don't need to be so stirred up to right. emote. Oh yeah. It's like you know. Ooh. And so, like, is is that? Am I like correct in thinking that? Like, yeah. we we actually do see. Like, don't think your emotions are like not validated, but that they're not from God either. Yeah. Right. You know, like right. God. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to be in the place where we us. dismiss emotion. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't. I don't want to do that. Right? right. I think. I think emotions are good. Um. Emo- well, emotions are good, and they are necessary, and um. They're geared toward pointing us or drawing us near. Right. There's mm-hmm. a purpose the Lord. for the emotion. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I don't. I don't want to say the primer, but but. For lack of a better word, like the primer that is, that is, that is at work is the, 
is the proclamation of God's word. Mm -hmm. Like it is not just because I'm throwing Mm -hmm. like cultural issues and emotional uh, isms at you to get Mm -hmm. you stirred up. Like I am, I, what, what, what the word is doing is certainly stirring something in your heart. Okay. You allow that to draw you near to the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think of like the hardened heart. Like when your heart and when your heart is hardened, like the revivalisms, like these emotionalisms, mm-hmm. like we're just gonna have to up the ante every single time when our heart is hardened to get to that point of well, emotionalism. Yeah, like, uh, we've talked about the it's it's like that pre workout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Like it's a take, desensitization. Yeah, you take pre workout in order to feel certain things, mm-hmm. but at some point you build a tolerance. Yes, and so you have to increase. That's your what I'm dosage, getting at. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In order to feel what you did the first time. Right mm-hmm. now. Um, oh. Like, what is it? Um, physiologically, however, mm-hmm. at some point, your adrenal glands are going to be burnt out. Yep. And, and and what happens is called adrenal failure. Mm-hmm. In other words, they're no longer able to release those chemicals into mm-hmm. your body so that you can feel the things. Like, they just burn out. And the only way to get them back to a place of health is for you to completely detox. Yeah. And so at some point for the individual who's like looking for that spiritual and emotional high, they're mm-hmm. going to do more and more and more. At some point, their yeah. spiritual and emotional glands, I guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. are yeah. going to burn out. Yeah. yeah. There's a reason we oh, have the body absolutely. to like reflect the spiritual. Mm-hmm. Like that mm-hmm. makes total sense, dude. Definitely. That's what, so I was, I was looking on the Instagram. I follow this like Christian meme page. Mm-hmm. It's really, it's really dumb. But those is, those is pastor on on stage like from the pulpit like they were riding a roller coaster at church and i was like what what in the perversion is this yeah and i was like i was kind of upset but it's like there's like an entertaining aspect to it Mm -hmm. to get to to stir these emotions or to get you to show up yeah dude it it's so like enraging perverted yeah and then like the word of god is void it's like well like you got people in the seats but they're all dead good good advice but not good news yeah and it's it's so sad like those those are revivalisms like exactly like mm-hmm. um i think we should I, start doing fog on Sunday. <clears throat> hey man like i don't i don't disagree with with a lot of like artistic expression i'm totally down with artistic expression we should do a fog machine but first <laughs> but first we should look to the word of god it's like stage design is like that's super cool. I really like that. Like aesthetics are important. Sure. But like where in the word of God do we see these things as important? Like the word of God is obviously the most important. So is that note of fog? There was, there was fog when the manna was laid on the ground yeah. for the Israelites. I, th- I, think, I think the fog. <laughs> and we're going to throw conchas. Gonna throw <laughs> no. <laughs> Sunday mornings. Sunday morning conchas. conchas. It's super funny. <laughs> That's what we're going to call it. That's a new ministry. Make oh, no. And, and they'll be warm. Coaches. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, but from where, dude? Yeah. From the second floor. No, but no, like, the bakery. What Which bakery? bakery? Oh, that's a big man. deal. That's, that's hard. Oh. Send us your input at... Yeah. At info at storehousecontainment.com. Concha recommendations. Concha recommendations. <laughs> okay. So here's, a, here's the last question. And we've kind of been talking about this. What are modern day forms of revivalism? Eric, you were talking about that just a while ago. How can the church guard herself from some of these modern day um, forms of revivalism? I mean, I feel like we've been talking about it, right? It's yeah, like yeah. open your Bible. Yeah, that's um, the, yeah but like where do you turn to specifically, it? right? Yeah. 
like where do you see the like emotions expressed so strongly mm-hmm. and a pleading for God to revive and I see in the Psalms right mm-hmm. like like we was it Psalm 34 I mean, like why are you downcast on my soul why yeah. are you at turmoil within me yeah like but I will put my hope in the Lord I think like turning to the psalm specifically for that emotional understanding, like to understand our emotions, to not to feel emotional, but to like reconcile well, I think what we don't necessarily like, want to feel. I think what the psalms do is they allow us to feel those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right on that. that you can say that. Like, man, the not just the psalms, but certainly in the psalms, right? Yeah. They what they what the authors help us do is actually feel what we're feeling Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the authors are also responding to those feelings in a godly manner. It's like proper response. Right. It's like, Hey, I'm feeling this way. And this is what I know to be true about God because he has revealed it to me through Mm -hmm. his word. Like that's Psalm 19, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, the, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. Yeah. Right. And so there, there is revival as a result of, and there is revival and there is a sense of feeling my emotion and I can reconcile that with what God, with, with, with who God is because he has revealed himself to me through his word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think, I think that's really important in the sense of like, I know it's a very simple answer. Yeah. But I think, yeah, that it's meant to be simple in the sense of like, man, how do we guard ourselves from modern forms of revivalism? Well, I think we begin with the word of God. Yeah. What do you tell the person who doesn't want to go to the word of God? Like they're, they're already dead. They're not going to turn to the word of God. Like, what do you tell that person? For the individual who's yeah. like spiritually dead? Yeah. Like they're, they're so dry. It's like, I, I'm not re I'm not seeing God in the pages. Yeah. Like, I don't see him. Yeah. What do you tell that person? Yeah. I think, well, I think Paul talks about that to the Corinthians where he says that God has not, um, enlighten the eyes of those who who don't who don't know him in other words when they read his word they're yeah it's not to say that it's not unclear it's just like i don't don't get anything from this yeah and so i think our job in that scenario and context is to continue to pursue them to continue to love them to continue to serve them paul talks about it in romans 9 where he is in anguish over his friends who do not know Jesus and goes on to say, if I can give up my salvation yeah, so that they can, they have, can it, have it, mm-hmm. like I, mm-hmm. I, I want that for them. Yeah. And so it's not like, so an individual who is spiritually dead, it's like, well, you're hopeless. Like, no, mm-hmm. we're, we're going to continue to and love like, dis- and serve. Dismiss it. Exactly. Yeah. For the individual who is spiritually dry. You yeah. know, you hear that from Christians. Like, yeah. man, I just, I'm not really feeling I'm it in right the now. desert right yeah, now. Yeah, I kind of want to ask, like, well, what, what is it that's going on? And oftentimes, more often than, than I'd like to admit, actually, one of the things or two of the things that are, are, are absent are the word of God and prayer. Yeah. Like, those two things prayer, are yeah. absent. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Like, know? in the moment with that person, like, you, not and, and we tend not dismiss them. Right. But they're still willing to hear you out. Yeah. Like, taking that opportunity to share to say, hey I, yeah. I hear that can i still pray for you yeah yeah, yeah. um because you're we you're honest and saying that out. and the lord hears you yeah um oh yeah that's good and so it's like being there for that person yeah because even in our own lives you know i'm sure y'all have experienced times where you're like god i know i know you're there i just don't believe you're good right now or yeah. it's it doesn't you know, feel like it doesn't it. feel like you're mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. um 
and and those times of suffering or limit whatever it is um and thankfully having brothers and sisters in in the body in the church who still pursue you back like hey i'm let's pray yeah like i hear you out let's do i know these i hear you let's let's pray this through what does god say in his word i think um, what's also important to consider is in light of the word of god in light of prayer is also living in obedience mm-hmm. I, I say that yeah you and i have mm-hmm. a mutual friend yeah had a really hard time this past spring yes dude i was just thinking about him. yeah and like showing up yeah one of the things he mentioned was how he did not feel conviction over his sin however he knew that he needed to walk in obedience in light of what he had just done right like he needed Mm -hmm. to have conversations he needed to do some work and so he turned toward the truth of god with obedience and struggled with it but still he just walked in the route of obedience fast forward six months later the conviction that god has brought upon him over his sin and how that is drawing him closer to the lord because he just walked in obedience that for in in the Mm -hmm. beginning of the spring has bore such fruit and revival in this dude um over uh over his sin Mm -hmm. simply because he walked in obedience like knowing he didn't feel like walking in obedience Mm -hmm. yeah knowing he didn't feel conviction over his sin Mm -hmm. but knowing that god would show up even though he didn't feel like God would show up mm-hmm. <laughs> six months later, yeah. just broken by his sin, seeing revival in his life. Yeah. That that's an, an example yeah. that I think we've, we've been privileged to see. Yeah. I just, I think of like the discipline of showing up to the gym at like 5am. You just don't want to do it. You shouldn't do it. <laughs> well, I mean, right, like yeah. this is the same person. Like he would take me yeah. to work out. It's like, Hey Eric, like let's wake up super early. Like the sun's not even up. But, but I don't want to go. Yeah. And he'd be like, no, I'm picking you up. Let's yeah. go. And like his, his dedication to show up, even though he didn't feel like it either. Yeah. And like the workout was like sluggish, like no PRs, nothing. Like yeah. we didn't even finish half of the, the workout half the time. Yeah. But like just showing up does so much for for the soul. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm just going to read half of this psalm. Like, and I, I'm going to focus think, on this I, yeah, one verse. I yeah. think yeah. we focused on that. Like just show up. Don't confuse... Mm-hmm. The silence of God for his, for his absence. lack of presence, for yeah. his absence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think, I think that's what, that's part of what it means to just be faithful. Yeah. Being faithful means sometimes just showing up. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think one of the ways in which we guard ourselves against revivalism or, or strictly emotionalism is by showing up and being faithful. Because I think if we, if, and I say that because I think some people sometimes show up to the word of God, like looking for that word, mm-hmm. looking for that yeah. Um, emotional pull, looking for that like uh, nugget of wisdom, like yep. something that's going to stir me here. And and you hear it. I mean, from maybe you've said it, you've heard it from people be like, man, I just didn't get anything from God's word. Mm-hmm. Like, How do you not just, just show up? Yeah. Just show up and be faithful. Park here for a little bit. Write okay. your prayer out. Yeah. Just be faithful here. It's yeah, so difficult good. to do. It's and super I, difficult, I th- but I think, I think that's what's going to be. There's like training us. in that. Yeah. yeah there's well, that training in righteousness. It. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Right. I mean, Paul tells Timothy like, yeah. Hey, flew these, flee these youthful passions and mm-hmm. pursue righteousness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. And so, yeah, sometimes it just means, Hey, just show up. 
Like, don't don't yeah. be looking for that that emotional yeah pull. It's, it's not that emo- again. It's not that emotions are bad. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's now like man, you're now you're just looking for that that dose that hit, mm-hmm. and you're not really showing up to be faithful. Mm-hmm. You're showing up to get high. Ooh, you know what I'm saying? Ah, shots fired, <laughs> dude. Yeah. I, I think I think back in the days when we were Logos, I would show up to service. What was it like five p.m. or something? Yeah. Um, oh yeah. And I would wait for the music to to drop or like the bridge to hit for yeah. like that particular song. You know, the emotional song within yeah. the set. Yeah. And I would get like these goosebumps. It's like, oh, the Holy Spirit's present. It's like, no, dude, that's like a yeah. phenomenon called friction. Yeah. Like, that's not the Holy Spirit. That's just you being emotional. <laughs> yeah. Because because I get that same feeling when I listen to Slayer. So yeah, exactly. Is that the spirit of God? Yeah, that's not the spirit speaking to you, Slayer. No, like that's that's your emotion. Like Slayer. the Holy Spirit doesn't always have to manifest Himself in goosebumps. Right, right. Like, he's <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, think about it. And we'll, we'll close on this because I think we're approaching that forty-five minute mark. But but one of the things, or one of the first things that Jesus says about the Holy Spirit in John fourteen is, "Hey, the Helper is coming, and He's going to help teach you." Mm-hmm. And teach you all that I've taught you. Mm-hmm. Remind right. you of all that I've taught you. Right. He's going to remind you of all that I've taught you. Yeah. And then in John 16, he talks about, he's not going to speak on his own authority. He's going to speak on my authority mm-hmm. based on what I've already told you. Yeah. yeah. And so, so when it comes to like, people are like, well, you know, how am I going to feel the spirit? Like, well, then you're going to feel, I, I think you're going to feel the spirit and you, your metric for feeling the spirit is going to be the word of God. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. You know I like that. I mean? Um, and, and even that metric can get muddy if mm-hmm. we're searching through the word of God for a spiritual high, as opposed to just showing up and being faithful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dude, you'd mentioned that this Sunday, like as exegesis, exegetical preaching. Yeah. Expositional. Mm-hmm. Preaching. There we go. That's yeah. what I said. Yeah. Same thing, right? Yeah. Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So imagine every day showing up. Yeah. To Ima- the word of God. Imagine what it would Dude, look like that? to just show up and be faithful every day with mm-hmm. the word of God. Imagine those spiritual gains. Mm. Mm. Yeah, imagine spiritual Flex. gains. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Flexing in humility, though. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> right. Not bragging. Right. Yeah, exactly. Instead As of James. <laughs> instead of Myron. Have you heard of that? What? You've not heard that? Myron? Myron. Like Myron. admiring yourself? Yeah. And so, so, so when people post pictures of themselves like flexing, be like, "Why are you miring, bro?" And oh, like, "Why are you admiring me?" That kind of thing. And so, because like like, you're um, seeing my reflection in the mirror, yeah, right. And so, it's similar here, except we're reflecting the glory of God as it was intended. Chihuahua. So, anyway, that's total right there. Yeah. Dude. So Podcast. there you go, Mic guys. Drop. <laughs> the difference between revival and revivalism. Revival is not a tent. It's an evening service. Get it right. <laughs> And it is the work of God <laughs> through the Spirit of God. So hope that clears up some uncertainty concerning revival and revivalism. Practice your discernment, church. We love you. Test the spirits with the Word of God. Flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness. Mm. Boom. We will see you guys next week. Bye. The goal of this podcast is to equip our church for discipleship and mission. We want to thank you for listening in this morning, and we hope that you are encouraged by these conversations. If you'd like to learn more about Storehouse McKellen, you can visit our website at storehousemckellen.com. We'd also love to hear from you. Send us your questions to info at storehousemckellen.com.